Psycho Sid. Kane. Big Boss Man. Triple H. Rick Flair. The Streak. Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to week two of the Lost Art of Wrestling Road to WrestleMania. WrestleMania, baby, woo! <laughs> That's the big show when he's been awake a long time. When's our rage party? <laughs> we should totally do a rage party. We need to. I, I demand that we get the band that they got that drives around in a little scooter thing with a giant penis shooting come out of it. I demand it. You book it then. You're the booker. I'm delegating it to you. Mm, the talent doesn't need to get his hands dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you the night off. Bunkle, you book it. <laughs> <laughs> it's back for week two. If you didn't, if you missed week one, we covered parts one to five of the streak, or should I say victims one to five of the streak. This week, the week two, we're covering victims six through to ten. That's a lot of victims. It is. Yeah. And I'm not alone. My guest at this time, or well, my co-host at this time, cohorts and comrades, first of all, he's the baddest man, the baddest man, the baddest man in professional wrestling, Science Hill Delivered. He is formerly a Dazzler. Billy Boy Bunkle. How we doing? Audio gold. Absolutely. I've got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. He's he's back. He's chomping at the bit here. I kind of am actually. Once we once we get past this like first set of shit, and uh, we get into the good stuff. You you clearly don't mean um. You, you clearly don't mean the third match, surely. Of today. No, definitely not. <laughs> and in the corner to my right, he is a man. Who is half, half a man? <laughs> I fucked your timing up. Sorry. <laughs> see, this is the problem when I can't see you, and vice versa. True. Just sort of guess. Raise his fist up at the screen. Damn you, Skype. Um. So. Turn video on. We could turn video on, but I have no camera. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I have no camera. There's me, there's me and Bunkle and this Rad Live. Yeah. This is a big Rad Live logo. I, I have two faces on my screen. Bunkle raised his thing up. His notes up to the screen. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do the same. I have no camera. <laughs> Get yourself down to Poundland, or if you go, Paul, and find one. I'm just trying to find one in the bins. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's Paul, the hat guy, Flinders. It's not a hat guy anymore. 
the flaming grill. Of the flaming grill. Even that's debatable. We are debating that at this moment in time. We've come to the conclusion on the last R.O.D. podcast that we recorded at this point. It was like, um, yeah, it's free advertising. I'm not getting paid. I want burgers. <laughs> that's true. We need burgers. We need sponsors. We do need sponsors, yes. Maybe maybe we can be sponsored by the Dazzler shop. Be Dazzled or whatever it's called in Cleveland's. Wait, what? Yeah, there's a shop called the Be Dazzled in Cleveland's. Be Dazzled or Be Jazzled? Might be both. <laughs> it's, where, it's where the Dazzler goes for his bejazzles. <laughs> the Be Dazzled. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah um, right let's jump into it yeah so we're going to take you back to the 23rd of March 1997 for Wrestlemania 13 it's Psycho Sid versus The Undertaker absolute classic um, I wouldn't go well I probably wouldn't go with classic notably the first major to the Roman numerals yeah. the first mania to have Russo input in booking ah also, oh, that would explain the Bret Hart promo. Yeah. And it's the first the first Mania match for Taker going for the WWF Championship as well. So it's the first heavyweight championship match. It also explains why everyone's pretty much fucking training on this pay-per-view. Mm. Yeah. To be fair, it's, it's, it's fair to point out that it's his first title match, actually, because he's not... He's always been pushed like it seems rel- like he's relatively important, but this is the first time they've actually gone, yeah, he is a main event guy. And that is his first main event as well. Well, it's his first Mania main event. That's mm. true. I, don't, I wouldn't know about anything before that. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. First Mania main event. But they, they did fuck this up from the beginning, though, to me. Bret Hart comes out and cuts a promo. Well, and it's fucking terrible. I guess they just jump back on it to why it's Taker said for the belt. Uh, Shawn Michaels vacated the belt three days prior to In Your House in February. So they had a four-way, which is Taker, Brett, Vader, and Austin. Uh, Brett won, but they lost to Sid on Raw the following night. But Hart and Austin continued the feud, but then Undertaker it says Undertaker left a challenge for it was free to challenge Sid. So what that left Vader doing, I've no idea. Eating burgers. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Thinking about squashing Dave Ray. <laughs> mm. No, well, that's it's a bit shit, really. When even then, like you think Bret Hart a one day champ. Why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Just that's just pointless booking. It's basically some guy refused to drop the belt to this other guy, so you had to put a tweener guy in, which is really annoying. But. You know, like I say, Hart comes out and cuts the, this promo. I've not written down anything that he says in the promo. I just thought it was fucking awful. And the crowd cheers when he gets powerbombed. So I was like, hmm, I thought he was a babyface, but clearly he isn't. <laughs> He's a whiny bitch heel from Canada. Yeah. I've noted for myself, I noted that you got Michael's coming out for commentary. Sid manages to watch another live promo backstage. It's the biggest event of the year, world. <laughs> so strange to see a sea of light as well than the throne screens nowadays when the lights go out. Yeah. 
Uh, Taker comes out first and he's lonesome because there's no Paul Bearer after yep. returning from Taker with Smith on 96. I was say it's his first Mania without Bearer. Uh, Jim Ross actually mentions Taker has never lost at Mania. Yep, that as well. First oh, time mentioned. Yeah, it's the first mention of the space of well, of an undefeated streak. It wasn't called the streak at this point. It was the undefeated streak. So, mm-hmm. um, I also put Sid is a very wet man. Well, Vince notes something about what Sid said in his promo beforehand, when he's sort of going from shouting to them whispering. Uh, which is <laughs> Vince. The thing about Psycho Sid is he's not afraid of the dark. <laughs> So you can't scare me with a ticket. I am not afraid of the dark. And I so, am the boogeyman. Bring to say about Sid, so he's like, yeah, he's not afraid of the dark. Um, Sid with a bit of mixed reaction, and then as I noted, Taker looks a bit strange. It's like someone's taken the head of the actual era Taker and stuck it on the body of the career Taker, like you could do yeah. a smack too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll go with that. It's 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 at that po- it's at that point where he's like it's like his gimmick's starting to evolve that bit again. You know how we were talking about it evolved last time when he actually had like the bit of the pyro and whatever it was. Yeah. It's like again this time like they've they've evolved his look again a little bit more. It enables his transition to where we go mm-hmm. with you know. So I mean I don't I'm. You know, I was all right with that. It's, I thought, I thought Sid was, he seemed, I felt like he was over. Like, I know you said that it gets a bit of a mixed reaction, but I felt like the, the crowd did actually want to see Sid. You know what I mean? It's not like they just, oh, here's this bum. He, well, he was playing, it was sort of like, with him though, the way he'd boxed, it was sort of like tweener lessons with Sid. Yeah, yeah. Like, Brett's gone heel turn. Because um, like, I know you said you didn't make any notes of his promo, but as I know he comes out and he sort of Taker, Michaels, and particularly Sid because he came Sid screwed about the title. But then Sid goes to throw a haymaker that even Steve, Steve Wonder could see coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made Bret Hart look a bitch, but he was a bitch. Yeah, that's the whole. That was the point of it, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was. He was being booked to be the whiny like fucking guy that couldn't take it. But then Taker goes a bit heelish and attacks him from behind before the bell. Yeah, which I don't know. I don't know whether it's hard to decide. I don't know whether take. I, I'm guessing Taker was a babyface at the time, but his character again, it's it's he's always played one or the other. But you either love him or you hate him. Really, he is like Marmite. I can't say I've ever been his biggest fan, but. You know, that doesn't mean that I don't understand that he's successful. Yeah, that's fair. I'd say that's fair. Uh, so, yeah, got noted. So, he tacks him around, gets him in the corner, a few shots followed up with a knee, followed by a splash, body slam, cover on the other two. Uh, goes for old school, but Sid just locks him in a bear hug. Yeah. Slams him over the top, but then he lands on his feet. Yeah, I just noticed it. I noticed, I noted, blah, 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 I felt like it was a very low, a very slow pace. And considering it was no DQ as well, I didn't think they were like very, you know, it wasn't as much bending the rules as I would have expected. 
No, I agree. There was bits I thought, like when he slams him into the uh, the railings and stuff in the, the mouse table spot. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah. They say there was that, but it was just a bit. I don't know. It felt cumbersome. But then again, I don't. I, I've not seen enough of Psycho Sid to know whether it's just him. You know, whether you have that he has to wrestle slow and people wrestle him slow. Do you know what I mean? Like I know Taker can pick up the pace when he wants to, but. I think this part of Sid's gimmick is the fact he's it's just he's meant to be like a slow, methodical pace. I think if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed as well with Sid, well, you're obviously talking about methodical and this other. There was a lot of um, Taker selling his back in this as well. A lot of attention and sort of like moves to Taker's back. Yeah. Well, setting up for the power bomb, isn't it? Yeah. Which which is good, but I did know there was a fucking shoulder claw. Mm. I fucking hate that move. Talk about destroying kayfabe. Fucking hell. What, what's he doing? It's a claw. No, he's massaging his trapezius. <laughs> <laughs> Continue joking about his tradition. WrestleMania traditional, locking a trapezius hold. <laughs> Just... Frilly. Jesus Christ. No, it, it, frilling. I actually wrote the word ew <laughs> when I saw that move. Ew. ew. <laughs> I could just really like, see you sat on your couch going, oh, no. Like, looking away going, don't worry, it's over. You're sat there going, I, I think it's over. It's You're like, looking through one eye going, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like when you, it's like when you, like poking a lettuce that you've just kind of pulled out of the back of the fridge so it's half frozen half gone off it's like <laughs> it's kind of solid kind of gooey and it's like I, I don't know what this is <laughs> just horrible I can't say I get this metaphor I'm just going to nod and smile politely <laughs> God well Sid fights out of the claw and then we get a double big boot, which is a spot I've never really liked. Because it kind of looks like a fuck up. Yeah. But maybe that's just me. Yeah. I'm guessing they're both, because they're both like big guys, I'm guessing they're both probably sort of do some different more double clothesline, but the double clothesline. Yeah, as I say, I don't, I, I don't mind trying to come up with something different, especially when Taker doesn't do like a normal clothesline. He always does that flying one, which you can't really, you know, can't do. really counter much to that, really. Exactly. So I, I didn't mind it. It was just, I don't know. It just, I don't know if it's just me. Like I, I it was one of the few bits in the Diesel match that I was a bit like, uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll accept it, but. So there was a bit yeah. of dumb. There was a little dumb booking at this bo- this point as well. Obviously, you had the double big boot both down. Yeah. So they're both down, but the referee's counting. Yeah. To which point, there's a two count for Sid where he leans over. But well, if you obviously go trying to you know suspend disbelief and things like that, suspend your belief. He just basically just cost himself the match. And the reason being is, well, I put this as a dumb booking. Taker was down for the 10 count and would not have made it to his feet. Yeah. Had Sid covered, but then Sid covered him. This should have been done at 7 or 8, as Sid looked stupid for going for the cover when he could have just won. 
Yeah, yeah, because it's one of them. Like, it's, yeah. you know, did, did the guy get? Was it just you know, you know, mistiming? You know, was he actually meant to get there at six? You know, but it took him a couple more seconds to scramble up. You know, it's one of them where I. I can see why people would think it's stupid, and obviously watching it back, it looks daft. But you know, I think when the adrenaline's going and stuff, you can almost make an excuse for it. That he, yeah, I suppose he didn't, he didn't want to win like in a cheap way. He wanted to pin the guy and you know look like a proper fighting champion, look like a yeah. Suppose you know, that would as that would suppose that would have been in character in a way. Yeah, want to look like a hero. Yep. <laughs> But um, but no, it was. To be fair, I, I didn't think the match was that bad. Considering like you know, I've given out on it a little bit to be honest. But you know, I didn't think it was too bad. No, it wasn't that you bad. Know. You know, was, take was Taker a... broke out the top rope clothesline, which is you know, I, I think that was the first time we've seen him do it actually. It was at Mania. At Mania, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Sid keeps going for these axe handles off the second rope, which, again, I, I'm guessing it's a Sid thing, you know. But when, when, you, when you're when you onto your fourth one, come <laughs> on, man, pick a different move. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so, yes, yeah, Taker goes for the tombstone, Sid reverses and tries to mock the, look like the Taker pin, but Taker kicks out. Which I know, it, that, to be fair, I liked that because that's the first time we've seen Taker get tombstoned. Mm. And it's the first time that he's actually looked like he might lose at Mania as well. He's never looked in danger until now. So, well, maybe a bit against, you know, Diesel, you know, right at the end. But again, he sat straight up out of the first powerbomb. Whereas this time he was actually down for a two, a mm. long two. So. So Bret Hart returns. Yeah. Next, Richard. Bunkle's looking displeased. Yeah, I think, I think. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck Bret Hart. I don't. I've never been a fan of Bret Hart. I think we've we've had this discussion, haven't we? It's like, yeah, he's majorly overrated. Majorly I overrated. I think he is. I, I can't. I can't. I don't see it. I just don't see it. I, like I was listening to um, another podcast of the week, and they were reviewing some like new generation stuff and whatnot. And one of them absolutely loves Bret Hart. He thinks he is like the pinnacle of wrestling, basically. And I, I'm just like, what are you watching? Like, I, I mean, I've watched Bret Hart matches. I've watched you know some of the the best matches he's ever had, and I just don't see it. I don't see what so good. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's capable. Don't get us wrong. Be oh, wrong. No. He is capable, but he's he's, he's extremely not all neat that. and tidy. He is a neat and tidy wrestler, a neat and tidy technical wrestler. Yes, is he technically as good as Kurt Angle is? No. No. Is he technically as good as Chris Benoit was? No. So he's not that good. Hmm. He's a technical wrestler who, for the time, probably was the best technical wrestler at the time. Yeah, he probably he made very he made very few mistakes. Yeah, but it's not yeah. lived on, you know. So I I don't know. I, I, I just I don't like him, and I think his promos drag him down so far. And then you watch his WCW shit, 
and it's just like, oh god, can you can you not even you're not even wearing the pink and black for fuck's sake? You come out in a hockey top, you fucking cunt. <laughs> to be fair, you, you started in the pink and black, and then hey, whatever, you tapped Alex Luger, mate. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he stopped. Gave, he's, I think he stopped giving a fuck at some point, didn't he? Clearly, clearly. Yeah. Fuck in nineteen ninety-seven when he joined WCW. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely, uh, because it was like he joined WCW. He's going to fight with Hogan. Never happened. Anyway, less about Bret Hart because he's yeah. ruining this. So, Ruined yeah. this match. Ruined it. Taker goes to choke Sam Sid. Kicks out. Goes for a flying clothesline, but Sid avoids it and goes for the powerbomb. Brett runs in again and uh, gets the distraction on Sid, which allows Taker to scoop to tombstone him for the three in the title. With the world's slowest three count by Earl Hebner. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, Taker's first Mania moment. Yeah, first championship but he wins at Mania. Ma- it might well be, but it's not a Mania moment because Brett Hart ruined it. <laughs> yeah, it's tainted. Oh, Fuck off, Brett. His second championship, but his first main main event as well in 21-19. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put, because I say, obviously I wrote wrote a paragraph for every match, and my little paragraph was not as good as his match with Diesel, but it wasn't bad. Probably second best match so far. But But over his career, it would be, to me at least, a fairly middling Mania match in his career. That being said, it is a watchable match, but too long was spent in certain holds, such as the bear hug. Yeah. Though a decent story was being told revolving around Taker's back. I'd say I'm inclined to agree. I I I kind of I did enjoy this match until the end. Mm. Uh, I hated the end. I hated the beginning. Um, but overall, I'm. You know, I felt satisfied with the two big guys. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't expect a massive pace, but I didn't, you know, like them flying around. Um, I maybe had a bit of high hopes, and I watched this straight after I watched the Diesel match, and the Diesel match was did have really like a fast pace for two such big guys, especially at the beginning. So I was hoping for a bit more of that, but you know, Sid does make sense. He's a bit more methodical, takes his time a bit more. But Bret Hart fucking ruined this. Bret Hart absolutely ruined this. If it wasn't for the dog shit promo at the beginning and then coming in and ruining the end, literally ruining the end. At the end of the day, Sid dropping the title to Taker, I don't I don't see why Taker needs help. I don't see why that you need to throw in this fucking knobhead. Yeah. Right at the end. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Taker was undefeated at Mania. He's a former champion. He's been there. You know, he's been at the top of the mountain. Sid, you know, I'm guess I don't know. I'm guessing this was his first title. It, it, either way, it's a match that you don't need the interference. Mm. It, you know, t- if, if there was no interference, Sid still comes out looking strong. What you've tried to do is you've tried to make Sid look strong Look like oh well he would he wasn't he wouldn't have lost the title he wouldn't have lost but if, if it wasn't for Bret Hart but now we have to do Sid versus Bret Hart so Taker can go roll under the belt well no 
at the end of the day, what should actually happen is, well, Taken now has to face Sid again, but with that Bret Hart band from ringside, which means we'd actually get the match we want to see, but we're now watching it on Raw instead of the pay-per-view that we've just paid 40 quid for. I'm sorry, fuck you, I've just paid 40 quid for that. I expect a proper finish. I want it done how it needs to be done. <laughs> bro, bro. <laughs> Swerve, bro. I put Bray in that match because, bro, let me tell you something. That said guy, he didn't know how to work. I'm bro. <laughs> Just, God. Yeah. Sorry, I've finished ranting now. <laughs> Coxie can have an opinion. <laughs> listen, listen, bro, my opinion is literally this. With OK, I find it slow going at points. <laughs> um, this is also rumoured to be the match where uh, uh, Sid apparently shit himself after the tombstone. Oh, nice. That's fantastic news. <laughs> absolutely brilliant but no um i've actually i've given it two scores i've given it my actual score and my without bret hart score um, my actual score i gave it one and a half coffins but without bret hart score i gave it three coffins so bret hart equals a minus one and a half coffins I thought you would have given it. Um, I thought you would have given it possibly seven coffins out of five, but we minus four with you know, you, you know, four, you know, because you minus the four for Bret Hart because he's obviously you know four out of ten. Yeah, yeah, he is a solid four out of ten. Yeah, uh, you know, equals three. So yeah, but I, I agree, three, three, <laughs> three caskets out of five. I originally gave it three. But I'd have to like bunk a little mini run. I dropped it at two. <laughs> God damn it, you made him rant and waste time. <laughs> Why damn you? <laughs> I want it done. Oh, it needs to be done. It's four. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Any more thoughts on that one, Paul? Or? No, just um, it was. So, I agree with everything Bunkle said. Fuck it, move on. Well, <laughs> just yeah, I mean, at this moment in time, obviously, you've got to think about the six matches that we've had so far. It's probably the second best we've had so far. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I'd say it's probably one, probably one of the more distinctly average matches of the paper, of, of the streak, you know, somewhere well, in the middle. Yeah. So... Uh, so yeah, we'll jump ahead to the 29th of March 1998 for WrestleMania 14. It's The Undertaker versus Kane. Mm. And it's the first streak match of the Attitude Era. Yes, it is. Beginning yeah. at uh, Bad Blood in Your House, which was the Hell in a Cell between Shawn Michaels and Taker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taker pretty much had the match won. The lights went out and this mashed Man came to the ring, revealed to be Undertaker's kayfabe half-brother. And uh, Taker vowed never to find his little brother. Because luckily with this this WrestleMania, you got all the backstory before the match. Yeah, we actually got a promo package. Yeah, Yeah. you you need it for this shit. (laughs) 
Yeah, it was the first. It was the first, like I said, it was the first um, promo package of obviously you know any. Well, we got a bit of a promo package for a couple of them. Did we got? Did we get a promo package for Jake Roberts or something like that? Yeah, yeah, Jake. He got a little bit of a promo at the beginning. Yeah, so it was like a, but this was like a first proper, like fully fledged, like proper backstory telling you everything that's gone on. Feud. Yeah, like a feudal sort of thing. It was like, and they, I always support the comment on it saying they don't make promos as good as this anymore. Well, pretty much the thing to take away from it is there's a lot of fire. Yes, there's lots and lots of fire. Lots of fire. Lots, lots of barbecue. I can just see Bunkle reaching to his fridge. Bunkle is in his fridge. <laughs> He's probably looking for something to put on the fire for the barbecue. Is it Bret Hart? It could be Bret Hart, yes. <laughs> it's not Bret Hart, it's an energy drink. Um, Especially enough, it's not an energy drink, but there we go. Oh! I have quit. You've quit energy drinks? Yes. I have forced myself to. <laughs> yes, no. I'm trying not to die in my 30s. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, getting back on topic. Yes. So, yeah. Taker and Michaels had a casket match uh, with DX claiming Kane had joined DX at one point. And at the Royal Rumble 1998, uh, Kane came to the ring, locked the Undertaker in the casket before setting it on fire. And uh, smashing it with an axe. That was before the Rumble. No, no, during the Rumble. No, he set it, set it on fire. And then uh, Kane challenged his brother. Uh, Undertaker challenged Kane to a match at Mania. Uh, and then just batshit crazy stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. This is like the lightning and the fire and the stuff like that, isn't it? This is where it gets they get magic powers. Yeah, it's like take like Kane, but he set, uses lightning on the Titan Tron. They set a crew member on fire. Uh, like lightning strikes strikes a casket and Taker appears out of it and all that sort of shit. So because mm. they now have superpowers, folks. He's gone from actually being a guy who is undead and buries people to a guy who now has lightning powers yeah, and he's buries a, people. He's became a Sith like, Lord. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. He was he was undead. How do how does an undead man control lightning? Well, uh, his character developed. What? <laughs> Explain this to me, goddammit. Maybe maybe this is what's gonna happen in The Walking Dead next. This is what how they're gonna get viewers back. They're all <laughs> sudden, they're gonna start shooting lightning out of the palms of their hands. Oh, that they're gonna hire Mark Halloway and, Jen- and Glenn Jacobs, and there they're gonna be the two big bads. I'm expecting <laughs> like there have been, been like a production meeting of Vince, like so. Uh, what do you have in mind for the for the uh, the feud leading up to WrestleMania? And Vince Russo's like, well, bro, bro, fire, lightning, superpowers, and Vince is just like, the fuck. <laughs> Do you think do you think Vince accidentally, uh, Vince accidentally shocked himself on a faulty uh, light switch and thought, oh, give it change? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how he accepted that the, this could be booked. 
like I get that he's you know the characters are larger than life and you know stuff like that and I get that, you know but it's like how would you how could you book these guys even like in the eighties? It's like where where characters are supposed to be crazy. It's like the Mountie versus the Undertaker. Wait a minute, one of them has superpowers. The other one is a Canadian man who lives in the mountains. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Well, uh, yes, superpowers, you know. But here's the thing as well. If you had superpowers, it was an ODQ match. Why don't you just fucking fire it? Fire, just fire a lightning bolt out the sky. That's, that's with that like Mountie versus Taker, it should be essentially like Taker versus Border Patrol. <laughs> Taker's stuck in Canada. Oh, oh dear me. Right task. Loses a mania that way. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't mind it. I will suspend my disbelief. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it is. It's like the epitome of crazy booking in wrestling. Really, you know, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But fuck it, we'll do it anyway. Yeah, it's... it'll be so over the top. It's cool. It's like Rocky Raccoon. It's fine. Standard. So yeah, uh, Pete Rose comes out as a special guest ring announcer. Oh God. Turns heel on the Boston crowd, making fun of their shortcomings in baseball. Yeah, it was a cheap heelish promo from Rose. Dot, 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 dot. Someone's going to kill him. Uh, to be fair, nobody outside of that stadium understands what the fuck he's on about. Well, this is it. He takes, so you've got this promo. You've got all this momentum. You've got, shit, this is going to be awesome this match. Then Pete Rose comes out and takes all the steam out of the moment. Yeah. Bob Mizzo. Like a fucking cunt. Over here at the time, like, Baseball, like, you'd have to have, like, friggin', uh, friggin' multiple Sky Sports TV package or whatever to be able to even see, like, a game. Never mind, know what was going on in baseball. Mm. I so, wouldn't mind, but you can't watch it now because it's that boring. No, I just mean to be able to actually know what he's going on about. Like, you had it on pay-per-view over here or something at the time. Or even if you're watching on a home video at the time, like, no idea what he's on about. Baseball. This uh, is it. So, yeah, Kane comes out, tombstones him. Pretty much a running gag for the next few mangers. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't get this. I had a problem with this. I had a huge problem with this because... Um, because I put predict, obviously, okay, obviously, I've got down, obviously, Kane comes out... Um, and I also put as well, Kane's original Kane is easily the best Kane. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. it goes it, go, it goes downhill after the year two thousand. Goes downhill after this match. Yeah. Um. Then obviously at this point, with while he's while he's in the ring with Pete Rose, he's like he's got an absolutely awesome presence in the ring. At this point. But then obviously, predictably, he's kill Pete Rose gets you know tombstoned. Or killed, or get predictably killed by thing. But I've put in capital letters genius as in sarcasm. And the reason I have a problem with this is would have made a lot more sense for Undertaker to come out first and attack Pete Rose, especially yeah. if you're going to take him out with a tombstone power driver. Having Kane attack and get the face style pop puts his heel momentum at risk, which certainly is not worth it, especially at WrestleMania. 
and I will hundred percent agree. Kane is the heel. Yeah. Why? So Pete Rose comes out and cuts a heel promo and gets attacked by a heel. Mm, don't worry. It, 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 bad booking. It's really bad because it potentially takes the whole steam out of his character and essentially you've got two baby faces fighting against each other and why are you fighting? If you're both baby faces, you're both brothers, why are you not teaming up? Yeah. At this exactly. point. So it's it's dumb. Utterly, utterly dumb. It's unfortunate because I actually kind of had high hopes for this match. Like I, I didn't start, I started watching wrestling way after this, but you know, go, going on from there, like Kane actually seemed like a bit of a threat, like in that promo package and stuff like that. And especially when the match starts, and it's like, it's not that it's, I wouldn't say it was like a super fast pace or anything. It was just, you know, Taker tries to get the upper hand, Kane no sells, Kane's yeah. in control, Taker tries to fight back, choke slam, one, two. And Kane stops covering him. Wait a minute, what? Mm. Kane won. Kane could have. Like, Kane, obviously, Kayfabe, but Kane had the match won in like two minutes and decided not to pin him. Wait, what? Just win the fucking match? Bullshit. <clears throat> Just to cut back to the start. Um... This is also the main year where the Druids make their debut. Yeah. The entrance. Oh, yeah. It's, it's first ministry take appearance as well. Um, but you also get like the, the famous stare down, which we've seen on God knows how many different promos and start the program starts, all that sort of shit. Um, but no doubt from what I remember, if it's... Because he goes for like, the cover and get them pulls, does the whole pull him up like confident. Oh, I've got him beat, but fuck it, I'll inflict more pain. I yeah. It's just meant to like build up into the storyline. Like, yeah. I know, I know what you're saying. I understand why you try, why you know you're, you're thinking that. You know, it is, uh, you know, oh well, he he wants to punish him. He doesn't want to beat him. He just he wants to like hurt him yeah. and then beat him. But why don't you just win the match and then attack him after the match like every heel does on every single SmackDown? Or why bother covering him? Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, win the match, so then you've done one of the things that you set out to do, and then you can just beat him down with chair and you've got no worry about not winning the match, innit? Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. Tell you what else that made sense as well. What you brought up just before was Kane no selling. Yeah, which was, it was cool. It fitted in his character, and I put in my notes as well. Look, Willie Siegel no no sells that make sense. <laughs> if you use your brain, you'll know who Willie Siegel is. Oh, I do. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I. The pace of the match as well, again, like, you know, talking about things that made sense, it was slow. Yeah. And it made sense because of the guys that were in the match, but at the same time, because of the guys that you knew they was, there were supposed to be mirror images of each other. And the way they, the way they went about themselves in the match made sense that way because 
if you look back at the last seven or well, six matches, Taker was like a slow, methodical sort of pace at times, especially going back to his very, very early matches. And the next thing you know, he'll just throw out a flying clothesline out of nowhere. Yeah. And Kane did exactly that. Doing like the slow, methodical sort of, you know, heavy hitting sort of like, you know, clubs and clotheslines. And the next thing you know, flying clothesline out of fucking nowhere, off the top rope, all sorts. Yeah. He's capable of doing that, just like Undertaker is. Which builds the which again builds on the story of them being each of us equal and being like obviously related. They're capable of essentially the same sort of offence. And the same sort of, you know, damage potential. Yeah, I know what you mean. It it does it does it does it does make sense and it does it does fit into the the characters of both of them really to an extent. But I don't know. I think with this one, because both Kane and Tiger had that air of presence about them. And you can't really not have Kane no selling if he's gonna be doing all the fucking lightning and all that sort of shit. Yeah. And it sort of factors in toward the end of the match, we won't cover that just yet. Um but yeah, it's, I see what you mean in terms of like the mirror like similar moves and stuff. Mm. Yeah, uh, the, I mean the big difference is Taker does a tombstone, Kane does a choke slam. Mm. That, that's basically your difference, isn't it? Really, they both do the flying clothesline at this point. You know, the, it's power-based moves. Yeah, and you see, if you look further on into the career, they both even end up doing the last ride. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Kane less so, but yeah. One thing I would notice, I actually think Kane's punches are better than Taker's as well. Like, I know but... later on, it's it's not happened that. As of yet, but later on, the best pure striker in the WWE. Bullshit. No, Kane's throat thrusts are better. <laughs> yes. But for that quote, he's coming up in, in like about two two matches. Yeah. Where's my camera? Soup bones. Oh. Somebody even did the quotation fingers there. Soup bones. Yeah, it's bullshit. Fucking well annoying. <laughs> so. But no. Okay. Well, I was going to say also, from noting, noting on this match in my notes, I think this is probably the first Mania match where Taker doesn't do the whole thing where he goes over the rope and lands on his feet. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah. well what would have made, do you know what would have been better if Kane did it? True. Um, I don't think it was an old school in this match. I don't Which think there was good. either. I'm just looking through my notes very, very quickly, but I do not see the words old and school put together. No. Good. There is a bit of agility shown from Taker though, where he hits the ropes. He ends up on, he jumps, leaps on Kane's shoulders. Mm. Uh, sort of that thing, like what the fuck's he gonna do? But then Kane just sort of slams him down. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, was this match though? I don't. Was it no DQ though, or was it? Standard? No, that was, it was a standard a stand- match. It was a standard match because Kane starts like destroying the announce table, and I have no idea why. Well, there's like the whole bit of the ring steps, like about halfway through the match, where he put he puts like Kane sandwiches take on the ring steps. 
It's like, again, you, you got the old thing you can get out of it. If it's no DQ, it's referee discretion. Yeah. There is that. So, there's a way around it, I suppose, if obviously the referee wanted to let it go, because obviously it was like a blood feud, X, Y, and Z. So you could maybe, say that. Maybe it was no DQ, and it just doesn't mention that it's no DQ. It could be one of them where they never, you know, the, the commentary doesn't pick up on it. Mm. Yeah, there is possibility of that. Oh. Hmm. So we're moving to the finish. Yeah. Uh, Can do. So they go through the announce table. Uh, Kane gets taken back inside. Taker hits the ropes, ducks the clothesline, and goes for Tombstone, but Kane reverses it into his own. But only that's two. Uh, Taker applying the choke slam. Yep. And uh, Taker, Tombstone catches for Taker, but Kane kicks out at two. Leg drop from Taker, another Tombstone, but Kane's again out at two. Yeah, just while I remember on that on the tombstones, um, obviously Kane kicking out of the tombstone was the first time someone apparently kicked out of the tombstone. Did say that on commentary? Yeah. Um, Taker goes to the top rope and delivers a flying clothesline, and then hits a third tombstone, which gets the free count at seventeen oh five. But if you notice as well, Kane kicks out straight after the three. Yeah, yeah. Like. If- Pretty much both tombstones, he goes to cover and whatever, and you just get straight back up. Yeah. And then on the third one, kicks out. Yeah. To be fair though, I don't mind that because it made Kane look strong, which yes, it did. was kind of the point. Like, if you weren't going to have Kane win this match, which they clearly weren't, um, they had to make him look strong because at the end of the day, we've so far built him up to a no-selling, murdering. Setting people on fire, demon from hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to take a lot to put him down, which they did. And quite it looked, successfully, and it, it? In the story of the match, they literally did just enough to put him down long enough to get the three count. Yeah, and run away. Yeah. But there's, there's no way you should have won this. <laughs> it's, uh, as I noted, I, I sort of put down a really good big man match here. Bit slow in the middle, but they did a good job of getting Taker, uh, Kane over the monster and a serious threat to yeah. Taker, whilst keeping Taker's invincibility alive. Yeah, no, they do, it, they do, and like you say, it was a bit slow in the middle, but uh, the, the end is pretty good, to be fair. Yeah. Um, a lot of action, a lot happened in the end, um, but just, <laughs> there's no way on earth you should have been booked to win this. No mm. way on earth. I think if there was the way they booked it the way they did, I think they booked, I think they booked it the right. I personally think they, if the way they booked it, obviously they had the, the, the that result in mind. That was probably the best way to get that result that they possibly could have put up. I mean, in summary, I put this match was booked brilliantly. While not the most action-packed match, it made both guys look as strong as each other, even man able to win and each each their equal, which was the basis of their storyline. Yeah. Kate, no. Kane went on to be one of the main guys on the roster, thanks to matches like this. 
know, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Mm. Like, it, but you know, and I'm not saying that I think the match is booked bad. I don't. I do think they did a good job with the match. But I just think that to me, it made it made more sense if Kane won. Now that's not to say that's mm. not that's uh, you know maybe that's part of me being a bit biased, but because I don't particularly like the Undertaker, um, but I don't know. I just think that the way that you've brought him in, the way that you've built him up, you know, is this undefeatable, unkillable monster type of thing. You know, it, it's like. It almost like stops his momentum. No, yeah. I'm not saying dead, but it's just kind of like it's like a like a, a like s- of a train running into a wall. Or a sleeping policeman, a sleeping policeman in the road. Yeah, and it's just a bit like oh oh well um yeah, and then they'll spend like the next several months trying to act like it didn't happen, and he'll get beat again and again, and it'll be like oh well yeah that was kind of shit, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can see where you're coming from from that. I mean, it's one of these matches where they could have got a similar result no matter what way the match yeah. went, storyline wise. So it wouldn't. If if Undertaker did lose, it wouldn't need much. The storyline what went on from there wouldn't be much different for what it would have been if Taker did lose. No. So I can see where you come from. It was a very, very like it could have gone either way sort of match, and it wouldn't have really mattered. But I would be shocked if the call was made on the day. That kind of it was. It would be that kind of match. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from about that. What did you think, Coxie? Um, I can't remember if it happened, if it carried on afterward or not. Um, but it's it's like for me it should have like if Taker won here he should have had a you know a follow up at the next pay per view or something where Kane won yeah and then maybe carry it on to a third match or like SummerSlam or whatever and build it up and build it up. yeah that would make sense nowadays so. Yeah, it's I liked I liked Kane around this time because he, like especially this match, it got him over as a monster, like I said before, and it sort of powered him through to King of the Ring '98. We won the title from Austin, but yeah. they kind of shit on it because the fact he lost it like, the night after on Raw. Yeah, so, he did lose it the night after, and that, and that was his only title run for like twenty years. I think he did. I think he got he won Money in the Bank. He killed Rey Mysterio, didn't he? Other than that, yeah, that was pretty much his only heavyweight championship. Yeah. Um, so after the match, Kane attacks and delivers a tombstone on a steel chair. Huh. See again that, but you see that that's my point. If he pinned him at the beginning, when he had him down for the free, he could have then just tombstoned him on a chair like he does at the end anyway. Except he would have won. Yeah. Just, just a bit. There you go. You fucked up, Kayfabe. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> but no, uh, score, scores? Um, Again, I think it's a solid three. Maybe three and a half. 
yeah, I'm actually giving it a two and a half. Um, probably just a bit of a shorter length match. So, one of them. Well, it's got a 17 over 5, so. Eh, not bad. I'm going to go with three. Yeah, because it was a, it, I, for me, you got to think as well. It's not just a, it, it's not a, a it's it was like the groundbreaking match of Kane's career. Yeah, yeah, it does so, kind of set him up for life. Exactly. So, and he, he, he there's, there's not a bad performance on either side really. So, and the match wasn't booked badly. So I can't I can't keep I can't I can't I can't think why you'd give it less than three, but. End of the day, you know. Each to their own. Yes, indeed. And now we're going to jump forward a year to the 28th of March, 1999. It's WrestleMania 15 with The Undertaker versus The Big Boss Man. Yay. (laughs) Now, I heard rumours about this match. I heard rumours about this match and they weren't good. Um, and when I first obviously started watching the match, uh, obviously, well, well you got, obviously you got to put the pay-per-view on. Obviously, we're watching it on the network. In the description, the network does not even mention this match. It does not. And it also didn't have time points. Yeah, that was annoying. It's the only WrestleMania so far I've found that doesn't have time points. Well, I've, so... been, watch- I've been watching um, all these on a tablet to do these and there are no time points on any of them oh well talks to be you <laughs> yeah watching on PS4 and it has time points and I'm trying to watch one on Roku and my Roku stick it's like there's no time points fuck yeah PS4 is you go backwards and forwards over the pay-per-view to find the start of the match yeah it's, it's not fun I went on Wikipedia and was like looking at how long the match was so I was like right it's probably around this point in the pay-per-view and like managed to just catch the end of the, the previous match. Yeah, that's what I tend to do, and then watch it from there. Uh, so yeah, this match was during the, essentially during the Ministry Corporation feud. Yeah. Essentially heel versus heel? It was heel versus heel, yes. So... But one was more heely than the other. <laughs> yeah. It's the first street match to have the, stra- the, um, the scratch logo. I'm looking for I'm looking for the first uh, of anything, and um, it was the first. Obviously, it was the first match where the scratch logo was used, as opposed to the old school. And first sell it, first Hell in the Cell at uh, Mania. It was. Yeah. But then we had we had heel taker going for McMahon in another great promo. Even if Bossman wasn't in much of it. <laughs> well. The thing is, the boss man is just is it, he, he serves his purpose as in he is basically he, he's Vince McMahon's bodyguard. That is pretty much his gimmick. Yeah. So you know, it, it it makes sense that he would be sent out as the minion to fight the Undertaker so that Vince doesn't have to because well, Vince is like Mr. Burns. Oh yeah. You know, but yeah, we can't forget the whole. The Undertaker kidnapping Vince McMahon's daughter so he could marry her even though she's a child. I was about to say that one of the, the best points, although that, oh, balls, that comes at, uh, it's actually backlash, I think, leading up to that. 
uh, where she gets in the limo. Where to, Stephanie? Oh, yeah, no, that's after this, isn't it? <laughs> so, it happened in Backlash. I thought it was like a random episode of Raw or something, but... So, on the best end ever. <laughs> yeah, it was so ridiculous, though. I'm going to kidnap your daughter and I'm going to marry her. But why? I don't know. I'm just doing it because you're my boss. What? We have no reason for these storylines. Heels fight heels because I say so. And then it was uh, Vince behind it all along. Yeah, but, and yeah. then it was Vince behind it. So Vince got the Undertaker to kidnap his wife and kill his head of security because... Wait, what? His daughter. Sorry, kidnap his daughter, yeah. Kidnap his daughter, terrify his wife, and kill his head of security. Yeah, what? you do. What? You do. Why? So it's you, think that, you think that's maybe why he got he got him back a few years later, bringing DDP as a stalker? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Fucking hell. Secret into 20 storylines. Yeah. <laughs> that was the unfortunate part of DDP's run. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, um... I didn't like this match. No. no Bossman no. comes out to no reaction. Because yeah. no, nobody thinks he has a chance. Everybody so, just thinks, oh, you're getting jobbed. Mm-hmm. You are the jobber. Well, they think he doesn't have a chance. It's they know he doesn't have a chance. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely pointless. You, you might as well send out a fucking crash, Holly. Yeah, it was... It was yeah, it was... Pants... It was pants. Well, it's pretty much going through the motions up to the point where uh, Bossman tries to cuff Intakers to the cell. Yeah. But then Taker drops to his arse and the cuffs break anyway. I know, which looks so bad. Most of this match was bad. It was awful. I wouldn't mind, but the big Bossman isn't that bad. As like a wrestler, but like take as the leader of the ministry, he's supposed to be like the main event guy, and you've got him in this like random match in the middle of a pay per view against a scrub, a guy who fights for the hardcore title at best. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That he's a former like world champion against some guy who looks like we got him off the street. Jesus. Let's go for the name. So we got Big Bubba, the Big Boss Man, the Guardian Angel. Yeah. trailer. Yeah. Just, it was just crap. Oh, God. It's hard to talk about. It is because at the end of the day, like, Boss Man attacks Taker with a nightstick. Yeah, I'd expect him to because it's probably the only chance he has in the hopes that he gets a one lucky shot off and busts him open hard way. Mm. And it's like, no. And he tries to cuff him and they break and everybody laughed because it made them both look like bums. Taker does get busted open, but of course, it's Taker, so I'm not selling Big Boss Man shit. (laughs) It was the first time Taker got busted open at Mania as well, as far as I'm aware. (laughs) 
it's the first time Taker lost a shoe at WrestleMania. Exactly. We're going. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing this shit. We are doing this shit. I love it. I love it, Paul. Don't get me. I fucking love it. We're Give doing it, this shit. Wait, wait for the next match, you black. First time, first time Taker took a shit at Mania. <laughs> Brilliant. I thought he did that in this match. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, this match is a steaming turd. Absolutely. Fortunate, the only fortunate thing is it's relatively short. Yeah, it's not long. Um, so yeah, pretty much going to the end. Taker goes for old school, but Bossman... Bossman clutches him. Um, Taker fight gets him with a low blow. <laughs> Eventually, as the crowd starts to realise this is bullshit and turn turns on it. Yeah. Uh, goes for Tombstone. Bossman counters. Clubs and goes to the Tombstone and gets the victory at nine forty-seven. Yeah, yeah, kind of from out of nowhere, really. It was like the uh, match is going wrong pretty slowly. Not much happening. A tombstone win. Uh, 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 okay. But yeah, we, that might be audible, maybe. Because the fact it's minutes, like less than ten minutes, that might have been just an audible of like just fuck it to take it home. Right. Oh, I can't argue with that because at the end of the day, the crowd was turning on them. Yeah. Yeah. They it was... did not care, and they did not believe the boss man. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a drizzling shit. It was the drizzling shits. But then the aftermath happens. Yeah. Oh. The match, the craziness continues as the brood repel from the top of the arena, dropping a noose into the cell. Paul Bearer hits the button that raises the cell and hangs the boss man from the top of the arena. And Bunkle, Bunkle's jizzing with joy. It's not joy, it's like, why? Why? It was fucking awful. Well, it's like, the brood come down and drop the thing, like the, the noose in, but it's like, why did it take all three of them to rappel down to do this? It's like, why? And the, and then they, they f- literally faff around with their, with their wires and then, oh, right, Big Boss Man's getting shit the fucking hang of the Big Boss Man. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It, yeah, he's selling that quite well. Oh, I can see the wire. Thank God. <laughs> but, I mean, imagine if you're in the arena, I bet it's quite difficult to actually see that wire. Oh, so yeah. you'd actually be sort of there like, I've just watched the man get hung. Well, that's disturbing. Hey, Johnny, you're 10. How do you feel about this imagery? Exactly. <laughs> Actually wondering what like um, boss man's. Oh, there you go, Paul. First time someone was hung at Mania. <laughs> Jesus. Partially <laughs> yeah. wondering boss man's like thoughts were going through his head at that point, where you're sort of there, like, right, I've got, I'll, like, just be here, like, looking unconscious. Um, what do I do? Like, they got me down now. Shit. What's happening? When I open my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Have I still got Bischoff's number on speed dial? <laughs> it, it, it's 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 actually hard to watch if you if you suspend suspending your disbelief you've just watched a murder do you know what i mean that, that's what they're trying to say to you you've just watched somebody get murdered literally murdered you just watched an execution yeah 
you've just watched a fat middle-aged man get executed for attempting to stop a man from stealing a girl, a young girl. For doing his job. Come on, for doing his job. Oh, no. (laughs) Shit the bed. (laughs) Fucking hell. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Michael Cole on, Michael Cole on commentary. Is this symbolic? No, he's dead, you fucking cunt. <laughs> Is this symbolic, you fucking prick? Yeah, it's a symbol for things to come up. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> he's... I'm just waiting. Oh, sorry. Someone, <laughs> someone needs to hack the network and put in that bit afterwards. It's like that kid on the Simpsons where he's going, stop, stop, he's already dead. Uh, it's, it's, I'm usually very good at suspending my disbelief and that's how I can watch wrestling. You know, I'm, I'm, normally I enjoy like the craziness in wrestling and stuff, but, that was hard to watch. Like, even though I can see the wire, even though I know he's fine and probably was on Raw the next night, which I'd love to see how they fucking explained it when he returned. <laughs> a zombie. The, ba- the boss man has such a strong neck. If it was me, I'd come out in like a, even like a neck brace. Just come to the hold it like going. <laughs> Uncle can see he's pissing himself off and that. Coming out, wheel, getting like wheeled out by... Fucking Ken Shamrock possibly. <laughs> <laughs> get wheeled out by Linda. He's got this secret love triangle. They could have done like a whole bit with it where they have like him and Ken, Sh- like Ken Shamrock wheeling around. And he's like, Can I go to the bathroom? And he's like, I'm not helping you. <laughs> Latitude air of like Rufus are going, You gotta, bro, bro, you gotta go to the bathroom. And Ken's not gonna help you. So you're gonna shit yourself, bro. It's Pop unfortunate. Day. That's how I actually think they might have gone with that. What I would have preferred is if they put him in like, well, basically if they put him in a bunch of makeup to make him look like a zombie and had him walk out to the ring like a fucking zombie from then on. I think that would have been brilliant. He's, he, he is dead. He's an undead. Oh my God, he's the Undertaker from 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and literally do the old Undertaker gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, that would be fucking amazing, let's be fair. <laughs> the power of the urn. Yeah, fuck it. Bear is still walking around with the urn. It's like, I've got two urns, motherfuckers. <laughs> One in each hand. One in each hand, or he keeps holding them up to his chest like boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> 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 out of coffins or whatever one one I mean I've put very we- mere match second worst so far after Gonzalez the rumours I heard were true and the match was awful the match itself did not require the hell in the cell and was only there to set up the crap hanging spot at the end of the match the match was a dud and felt like a thrown together match to get Undertaker on the card you two are generous I gave it like half yeah, I felt like I was generous with that, but I gave it a one. I think I gave Snooker a one, so. He's looking. He's consulting. 
I am controlling. Hang on. It's the wrong piece of paper. Fuck's sake. Oh, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Oh no, I gave I gave Snook I gave Snook a zero. So yeah, may, oh, yeah, maybe I was a bit. Well, no, I gave Jake one. I gave Jake one. So yeah, this has to get this gets a one. Actually, no, this might be worse than Jake. No, I'm sticking with my my original result. I have to give it a one, just because I'm guessing it was something I was never seen before. You know, the death of a man. <laughs> well, was good. it symbolic? Fuck knows. To me. <laughs> I'm going to make a quick note of something Bunker said for a future topic. Is oh. it symbolic? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> symbolic moments in wrestling that aren't really symbolic. That's a good one, actually. I'm joking. Yeah. Are you joking? I was going to go look up whenever Michael Cole said this is symbolic on the fucking network. <laughs> Just have a symbolic and see what comes up. Every episode of SmackDown from the year 2000 to the year 2003. <laughs> what? Oh my god, JBL, is this symbolic? I don't know, I'm wrestling you fucking brick. <laughs> oh dear. Right, so let's jump ahead to April Fool's Day 2001, because Taker missed 16 due to an injury. Yep. And that's the last Mania he's missed to date. Oh God! So until had... this year, until this year, he's yeah. not coming back this year. No. Yeah. No, don't There's say yet. Rumors. Oh. Um, so yeah, April first, two thousand one. It's the Undertaker versus Triple H. Yeah. First is badass. Yeah, first badass taker. First yeah. is it the first one on the bike? Yeah, the first one on the bike where he has a mode of transport. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, he had he had he had the 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 chariot. Oh yes, I forget. I forget. I forget. But it's also out. Yeah, I blocked that one out. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, <laughs> but it's also the first WrestleMania match where Undertaker wrestles a member of the Click. I oh, know it's not. He wrestled the uh, Diesel. Take that back. It's the first time when he's wrestled somebody who had a live entrance. Yes, yes. this is true. Oh, Motorhead. We're going to kick your ass. But we don't know the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least at WrestleMania they did. But well, this, this this match had one of my favourite commentary teams of all time, Heyman and Ross. Yeah. Always. The best commentary team of all time, yeah. hands down. There is no argument. I fucking... It's worth... If you could just shut your eyes and just listen to the commentary, it's worth it alone. Yeah. Which, they, uh, they are the best because they 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 hate each other. <laughs> yeah, that that's why it works. Yeah, that's that's why it works. So the story uh, story leading to the match, uh, Trips has beaten everyone in the business apart from Undertaker. That that's a good story though. That is yeah. a good story. That is, uh, I am the best in the world. I've beaten everybody. Well, you've not beaten me, boy. That's that is really good. That's the old horse telling the young horse, you know, fuck off, get off my turf, bitch. Sorry, Doug, Doug, because he's the big dog in his yard. Yeah, all the Roman Reigns terminology. 
Had he, had he brought in the yard at this point? I didn't think he, I thought that was later on. The yard came in. Well, yeah, I don't think he'd started calling it that then. But you know, I, I was using the metaphor. I was. What you mean? Yeah. I, I was just but using he, the metaphor. <laughs> but he did use his yard not long after this. Mm. So. Is this, yeah. was this when he was still going out the whole American band? This was before Rolling, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I think Roland yeah. was here on this, wasn't it? Was Roland on this one? Roland might have been on this one. I think it was. This was the time when it was still like the flannel shirt, like the jean shirt thing. Denim shirt. Yeah. yeah. Denim shirt, denim jean. But you know what I mean. But I think it was a. Uh, yeah, I really like this match. <laughs> yeah, we've we've gone over this before. Um, we have when we covered WrestleMania 17. Which, if you haven't listened to our episode about WrestleMania 17, check it out. It's a really good one. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Taker was out to rolling, and as you say, I put in my opinion a very underrated version of the Undertaker. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day when we once when, when we set ourselves this like this mission, shall we say? I was trying to think about you know my favourite Undertaker. You know what what was the Undertaker that I enjoyed watching the most? And like I, I wasn't there to watch the majority like the eighties, early nineties stuff. You know it was that was a bit before our time really where you could get into wrestling, but. Ministry Taker, a little bit too weird for me. I just think Badass Taker is the the Taker I like the best. I don't like the name Bugger Red, you know, but I and think... Nobody knows the meaning to. No, unless you look it up. But it's, yeah, it's just, it's not for me. It, it is, you know, I think it is the best Taker. It's the most believable Taker. You know, oh right, well, he's he's a he's a you know he's a motorcycle mm. gang leader, whatever. Like, yeah, okay, I can buy that. I can buy that. They would call him the Undertaker. Is like a code name. It, it kind of makes sense to me. And you know, he was still he was having better matches, longer matches, and more you know, varied, more varied move set as well. Yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't do it for very long. Is my only issue, because then, I mean, by, well, as we'll come on to, by the, what, we'll get maybe four years of this, and then he goes to that weird in-between taker that I don't like and don't understand. (laughs) Was that uh, the Big Evil, or Dead Man? Yeah, it was Big Evil, wasn't it, I think? It's the one where he came out like the old Undertaker. He like he used to co- he he started coming out like the old Undertaker did, mm. but dressed like Big Evil with like the leather pants and the big uh, not Big Evil dressed like the dressed like the American Badass Taker with the the MMA gloves on and stuff. And it was like, yeah, well the Undertaker wouldn't really come out dressed like that, would he? But, See, round round sort of mess with me twenty. Yeah. After that, I think. He had a hiatus, did he? Disappeared and. 
yeah, so, you know, it's just, just one of the things that I have to note. Yeah, uh, just what I found here, he take, came to the ring, he used American Badass for six months, and debuted rolling. Ah. So, he came back on Judgment Day 2000, so yeah, he probably was using rolling at this point. Seven. But yeah, definitely out to rolling, 100%. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I think Taker goes right, right after Triple H pretty quick. Yeah. Which I would say overselling a bit, maybe. Yeah, Spanish t- Spanish announcer table lasts about ten seconds. Yeah, yeah, Taker was all over him really. It was at the beginning, which was quite good, um, until he goes for old school and gets countered because that's what happens almost every time he goes for old school. But yeah, I just I think. Both guys, you know, they had a, a reason to to want to win, and it was, you know, it's it's the standard. I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you, and there's no better story than that yeah. to me. Uh, Hunter does go for a sledgehammer early on, but Mike Kyoto stops him. Taker gets a choke slam, but Trips kicks out, so Taker kills the referee. Yeah. Take is a tweener at this point, though, really. Yeah, he's it was it, when it, the entire badass sort of pers- persona was always tweener. It was never heel. It was never face. Mm. Um, that's least that's my like sort yeah, of it, like it, it could it could flip depending upon who he was facing. Mm. And he but, was never he was never a bad loser unless you were Maven. Well, that's the thing. The character kind of grows as it goes along and does become, I guess you'll call it a bad loser at points. He does, you know, he he does start like, you know, attacking not just refs, but like people after the match and stuff like that. Or just, you know, like, I mean, we're we're one year away from the Ric Flair feud where he attacks his son in a shower. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Come on, get him, Rick. Yeah. But no, it was. A, it, I say it was a good match. It was a good back and forth. There was a lot of outside brawling. They went into the tech area in the crowd, which yeah, I've still to this day have not seen anybody else do. Mm. You know, um, the and you know, which was, so it was quite. It was quite unique. You get a massive choke slam off it as well. Oh yeah, choke slam off the scaffold, which is got holy shit chance. Yeah. Nice to see, like like seeing Triple H to you know take big bumps and hurt himself. Um, <laughs> and take a, know, an elbow. Takes an elbow, but the actual note for this spot was elbow dropped by Taker onto Trips. Trips is now deceased. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Kyoto is still deceased because they go back to the ring and Matt Kyoto is still down. Yeah, he's. I've, I've put later on that ref is asleep and dreaming. <laughs> there, there must be nothing better than being a ref. You can imagine how good it is to be a ref in the WWE. You get paid a fortune, and half the time you you're on your you're on your you know flat on your face in the middle of the ring, just like, just like having a bit of a daydream. You know, yeah. Like, mm, yeah. Oh, it's not too bad, this. I just got to watch out for, you know, the. 
Unless your name's Paul White. Is it Paul? Not Paul White. It's uh, what's that referee that did the uh, spots in the mid 2000s? Oh, Timmy White or Tim, Tim White or whatever Tim, it was. Yeah, Tim, Tim Tim White where he took that fucking huge spot, that huge bump off the hell in a cell. Yeah, well, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah. know. Fast forward to like 2003 with him and they keep showing him trying to kill himself. Yeah. Oh. At least he got paid for it. Yeah, this is true. But uh, no, um, so yeah, Tanky goes for the sledgehammer, but Triple H uses a low blow. Yep. Uh, goes for Tombstone, but Taker counters into his own. Yeah. Uh, Kyoda still down, and finally starts to come round. Oh, yeah. Taker goes for the last ride, and Triple H has the hammer, and he bops him yep. when he gets him up. Which... Yep. <laughs> it's gross, but I like that spot. No. <laughs> I think that was a really good spot. The sound it makes is going to send chills down my spine into it. <laughs> when he does it, yeah, well, when he does similar with fucking Shawn Michaels. Yeah. But I still, I think it, you know, it, I think it was, it set up such a good moment when he go, when he get kicks out at two because Trips goes for the pin, the ref's up somehow. And he kicks out too. The crowd goes fucking mental. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, that that was a fucking good spot. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, Taker Blades. Triple H has a little bit of offense. Last ride free count. It was like, yeah, loved it. Finish out of nowhere as well. It was. Finish out of nowhere, but it was a really, really hard hitting, you know, good back and forth match. Yeah, as well. I agree. You know, two two of the two of the guys in their prime, really. It made Taker look great. It made Trips look great, and like he'd try anything to win. Yeah. Uh, What's most annoying is they ignore this match from now on. Like when he starts doing like the fights with Trips and stuff, they just ignore it. It's yeah, like it never happened. It's criminal because it is it the best uh, streak matches. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than any of the other Triple H matches. Absolutely. Way I better. And say I've put a good match, great action. Wasn't really a dull moment in this match. So much so, this felt shorter than the Boss Man match. Even this yeah. was almost twice as long. Probably the best street match so far. Yeah, you're into it from the first second. Yeah. Agreed. There's no slow moments at all. There's no. There's not even any build. It's just straight into shit hot action. It had a decent build, I thought, going into it, though. Mm. It it did, it, you know, yeah. like you said, that's that story of I just need to be better than you. Mm. What more do you need? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Taker gets the win in eighteen minutes seventeen seconds. Yeah, didn't feel yeah. like that long. No, fantastic. Yeah, enjoyed it. Hundred percent enjoyed it. I'd say that was a four casketer. Yeah, I got four caskets as well. Falls all around. Absolutely. 100% agreed. Yeah. Loved it. Sweet. Now right, so we'll jump ahead to St. Patrick's Day 2000. It's WrestleMania 18. I pick. Yeah. So we have covered this as well. Find on our feed. Check it out. Yeah. Definitely do. <laughs> uh, it's the Undertaker. This is Ric Flair. Yeah. 
And it's a first. Oh, as I say, no. I'll put first no DQ for Taker at Mania. So either I missed the no DQ for Sid, or this, or Sid was just a legit match and it was referee discretion, like we discussed before. If you want the first ball, it's Taker's first Mania in Canada. Ah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Taker essentially baked Flair into this match by beating up on Anderson, who is his own son. Lovely. Uh, you could say it's the fir- it's Taker's first WrestleMania against a guy uh, who can collect his pension. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, <laughs> from what I researched, this this uh, the story of matches that also is leads to the brand extension as well. It is because yeah. the whole thing with Flair coming in is that he bought half of the WWE from Vince's kids. <laughs> yeah, but, but no. I, I, to be fair, I, I like the build-up to this match. I like, I like the whole idea. You know that. I, I mean, I can't, I can't remember what the exact reason was that Taker decided to target Ric Flair. I think he, I don't know if he refused to book him in a match or something. But he basically is. Take it like Ric Flair the whole time's like no I'm not I'm not fighting you I'm not a combatant anymore you know I'm not a wrestler anymore I'm not doing it I'm not doing it I'm not doing it I can't I, I can't do it until he's like well I'm gonna make you do it and until you do I'm gonna make you pay so yeah beats up Arn Anderson who they keep referring to as a disabled man <laughs> and uh, beats up David Flair as well who's like 15 years takers junior. Well, from what I've just quickly said now, it says uh, Undertaker ambushed The Rock during No Way Out, or the build-up to No Way Out. Uh, Flair detested Undertaker's actions, and then Flair interfered against with Undertaker's, in Undertaker's match against The Rock. Right. Flair, Undertaker challenged Flair at Metformania, but then Flair refused. He's like, I'm no longer a wrestler. So that's when he starts going after Buddy Arn Anderson in that. Yeah. Well, it makes sense then. Like, let's say if you know he's inter- he's interrupted in you know interfered in his match and cost him the belt type of thing, you know it he is gonna want revenge. Yeah. Um. But like, I'd like the the one thing that the uh, that you know they keep putting out about this match is it's not a wrestling match. It's gonna be a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ric Flair isn't coming out there to wrestle him and woo and stuff like that. Ric Flair is, this man's attacked his son, he's attacked his best friend, you know, he's basically forced his hand and he feels like he has nothing else. He has to give in. Mm-hmm. He has to fight him because it's the only way to stop him, you know, doing these despicable things and attacking his family and stuff like that. And I bought into Flair's emotion really for it. I was like, yeah, this is a fight. This is something yeah. that you would do. Yeah. You have no option. You have to win this. You have to you know, you have to stand your ground at this moment. Otherwise you're his bitch forever. And it's sold in the entrance of Rick for Rick Flair where he's obviously normally in a Rick Flair match you obviously get the pomps and circumstance. Yeah. He comes into the ring, he does all these like little thing with the robe and shit like that. But before he even gets to the ring, the rope's coming off and he's already pacing and running into the ring. Yeah. You know, Rick it's Flair all business. It's great for him. Yeah. Like, and it's like, 
Yeah, you would because he has he can't he can't afford to you know it's not a game he can't afford to back off. This guy's like you know this guy's a, a monster really compared to Ric Flair. Ric Flair's a sixty year old man. Yeah, this guy's six foot ten, three hundred and ten pounds of you know American badass as his build, a bugger red. Yeah, Ric Flair's six years old. He's not been an active wrestler for so many years. He's got to go for it. It's his only option, and I fucking loved it. Uh, fucking bugger head. Fucking bugger head. <laughs> when I say Flair assaults Taker, goes to the outside and just, uh, you know, just over the announce tables, yeah. and Taker sells like a boss. He does. This is Taker's best job of selling. Yeah. I really think it is. No, so, it does. Sorry. So, Flair's all over him. Yeah, the beginning yeah. of this match. Flair, I mean, Flair's. It seems to point Flair is no selling. Mhm. Flair's no selling stuff like, like, he, like he just. It's like again, he just knows he can't afford to mm. let go. He can't he's, afford to do it. Yeah. If any, if anything, he's selling the fact that he's enraged. Yeah. And he's he's that enraged he can't feel the pain. Yeah. It is. It's well. really, really good psychology. Really good, and you know, and take a selling it like shit I wasn't expecting it you know type of thing and yeah, he wasn't ready he just wasn't ready for this you see it rattles him it, look, it, it looks yeah. like it, it rattles him yeah he thought it was going to be a walkover which he would I think it's like you said it was it was taken that wanted the match in the first place exactly. yeah but take take a thought it was a powder puff match though didn't he yeah that's what I mean is sort of like take, like take a wanted the match but then flares come in like like he's just down the fucking smell of ice <laughs> <laughs> He's had a smell of ice and a four loco, like, done a line of coke and going, right, let's go. Yeah, but it's fucking brilliant. And I mean, to a point where, I mean, we're not even that far in the match, but Flair comes off the apron, gets caught and smashed into the ring post. Mm. And it was like, yeah, that would stop him. That would, you know what I mean? That's like a, you know, just for the beginning of the match, showing Flair's emotion and how amped up Flair is and how much he feels like he needs this and then to take a resort into something like that to stop him you know to just stop him in his tracks and get a breather type of thing i thought it was extremely well done really really well done i fucking love this match (laughs) yeah i can't i can't really add more to that i think you've like i I mean i was just talking about like the first couple of minutes but i just yeah i love it (laughs) Um, well, to be fair, there's like, there is the bit, uh, he's like, Flair gets a chop in, but then gets caught, gets caught with a right hand mid-woo. Yeah. Uh, fires him into the corner for the Flair flip, but he can't get over, so they repeat it. Yeah, there is that. Gets over and runs into a boot. It's like, pretty decent spot, that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was. But, that, I mean, again, you can forgive some of it. Like, Flair blades so quickly. <laughs> and deeply I, as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I pretty much I pretty much ignored the commentary, I'll be fair, because I, I, I do get sucked in a little bit. Well, um, all of you really listening out on commentary is, JL lets everyone know that Flair isn't in the prime of his career and that he's north of 50. Yeah, well, I say... But yeah, that's that, to be fair. That's that's a good piece of commentary. That's again, that's 
you know, that's putting forward how, you know, how much of an underdog Flair actually is. Mm. You know what I mean? And to be seeing Flair the way that he is and trying to put up this fight, how, you know, how much desire he must have and to do that type yeah. of thing. But the blood coming off Flair, I fucking love it with Flair blades. It's <laughs> sick every time. It yeah. just gets in his hair. Everywhere. It gets, it gets everywhere as well. There was a, like a spot where um, uh, with Flair's obviously doing chops in the corner and then Taker fights back. And next thing you know, you look at the camera angle and there's blood all over the lens of the camera. Yeah. Coming from Flair's head. It's like, Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, how, how, what's he done? What's he done? Fucking sliced an artery or something. Yeah. He's had a paracetamol before or whatever, an aspirin. <laughs> yeah. But it was blood everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Superplex by Taker. Oh, yeah. Count he pulls him up to continue the beating. Yeah. yeah. Which made sense as well, because that's all Taker wants. You know I mean? Yeah, he just wants to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And, which is, continues to beat on Flair and pull him up at every every count. Yeah, I mean, Flair's not putting any offence in at the minute, is he? So the only thing I've put to note is King's commentary is awful. But yeah. I'm assuming that's standard Jerry the King coming out with something about, you know, Flair being old. Well, it's also the point. Well, the point blank asked JR what a bugger red is, but we don't get an answer. Because nobody fucking knows. If you look it up, it's just southern slang for boogeyman. Right, okay. So say that then. <laughs> um, Taker goes for old school. Yeah. Uh, uh, Flair fights, fights back. Yep. Yeah. Two chops uh, counted into a sidewalk slam. Yeah, I say Flair doesn't actually really do any moves in this match. He is just punches and chops. But that's a sign of a dis- desperate man, isn't it? Exactly. exactly yeah. What he's, that set again helps sell his. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> it really is. Um, at this point, though, uh, I think Taker goes for the pin after the sidewalk slam, and Taker gets frustrated that Flair kicks out. Maybe don't. Yeah. Call, and then goes to grab the oh Flair goes to grab the lead pipe off Taker's bike. Which yeah. Don't... Uh, and, and nails Taker, busting him open. Mm. Yeah, he does. Oh. Flair gets like a, a sign, I assume from near the like, ring area. But um, Taker gets a choke slam. Yeah. But, which ends up with, but then Flair gets the low blow in the figure four. For two, because you get pinfalls during the figure four, of course. The one, move, the one move that Flair does is his, des- is his finisher out of desperation. That's the one what you'll call actual wrestling move that he does. Mm-hmm. And it is purely because he has got nothing left. Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> Turks line by Taker, two. And, oh, Taker kills Little Nate. Yep. Ref death. Ref death. Arm pops up. The spine buster, which again, I think that was really cool. Like, just a nice little tribute in there, yeah. You know, 
But again, it only gets two. And Taker kills Arn, who bleeds. For, from what yeah. I, I'm assuming he bladed because he was one punch. And uh, yeah. walks in the dragon sleeper. Oh, I hate that. That's a sick looking move. The dragon <laughs> sleeper. And JR on commentary. He's got a surgically repaired neck, god damn it. Like, oh no, don't tell me about how he's disabled again. Yeah. Yeah. But he does, of course. Because, you know, gotta bring up the beaut- you know, mm. big up the brutality there. Um You say chair by flair chair by flair. Yeah. Big boot. Big boot by Taker. Then Taker goes for the last ride, but it's botched. Yeah. Twice. So instead goes for a tombstone. Yeah. I have always thought it should end with a tombstone anyway. Yeah. I know we've ended like the last the last match with the last ride was yeah. Yeah, yeah, seventeen. But the last ride was never. Don't don't get me wrong, it was over and it did look pretty good. But you got to think about your opponent here. You know, the guy is an old man. He's been out here for eighteen fucking minutes. Bleed, piss in blood for fucking 17 of them because he's Ric Flair. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you've got, to, you've, got, you've got to, you know, bring back your expectations there, lad. It's uh, the problem I have with that is, it's like, mid-card, you've got a fucking bright red patch of Ric Flair's blood on the, on the, on the mat where you've got, like, another five, six matches to go or whatever. Yeah. I still don't have a problem with that. It should look like there's been a war in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. It's like yeah, the, it's sense. like in the UFC if the very first match of the night on the prelims that nobody watches is horrific, horrific and bloody, they'll go back and fucking watch it. Yeah. Because you see how much blood's in the ring. I'd rather see that than a fucking decision. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair point. Yeah, uh, Taker gets the win in 1845. So, yeah, I, 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 again, can't say enough about how much I enjoyed this match. I preferred 17 with hate with Hunter rather than Flair. I wasn't over keen on this match as much. I did pref- I, don't get me wrong, I did prefer the Triple H match from 17. I do, I do prefer it, but I just think that it's just because it's a, it's a, it's booked exactly how it should be booked. They could quite easily have made this and tried to make this into a wrestling match, which would have been shit, because there's no way on earth that Ric Flair is doing wrestling moves in there with a guy half his age, twice his size, and who's beat the shit out of his son and best friend. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I I get the story and the psychology behind how the match was done. But that and that's that's what appeals to me so much about this match because you don't see matches like that. Mm. It doesn't happen. And this time, it ha- not only did it happen, it was fucking great. Yeah. Because they booked it right after it. So. This is also the match, I think, uh, as Paul first noted to me, where Taker gets on his bike to leave and starts counting on the fingers. Right. Yeah, it is, yeah. He does the 10 on the fingers. So it's, about, it's almost like the first time that Taker's actually acknowledged the streak. Himself. So. Any more thoughts, Paul? Paul's gone. 
Parce qu'elle est marquée. Hello. I lost oh. the signal. Ah. I don't know what happened. Neither do I. I was just asking you had any more thoughts on Flair Taker. Ah, uh, just... Um, yeah, to be honest with you, I didn't really know what to think of this match. I mean, the parts of it I thought were great. Part of it, so I was like, meh. Uh, but like I say, no real spot sticks out as to say like it was a WrestleMania sort of like moment sort of thing. So, but yeah, it was it was okay. I mean, I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much as the last match, but yeah, yeah that's right. what we both said basically. Um, but I did say due to this, we can well, obviously. Take even even Taker's now acknowledging the fact that it was it was the end of this match that Taker used you know counted down the the wins on his hands. He just noted noted that, and I was like, I was laughing. He was them quiet, and it's like, oh, he's he's gone, he's been disconnected. So yeah, I got, yeah. I got disconnected because my computer is fantastic. Um, <laughs> we even Taker's acknowledging it now. So for me, it's officially at this point become a thing. So now, obviously, I think the streak's officially sort of like being acknowledged. Mm. Yeah, so, that's what we said. It's noted. It's like it's the first time he's actually acknowledged it. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'll go with. And um, have you given it caskets yet? No. No, not yet. So for caskets, I would give this. I'd give this a three because the action was all right. Yeah, I'm gonna go with three as well. See, I, I gave it a four. Though I said that I didn't quite enjoy it as much as I did the last match. I, I just think it's perfectly done. I don't, I don't think that you could book this match any other way and make it believable. I think this was the perfect booking of this type of match that should be a fight. Yeah, it makes sense. So uh, I just yes. going by short purely by the fact that I didn't enjoy it as much as the other match. Yeah. Um, and I'm putting that. I don't know. I'm, I'm possibly putting it down to the limited ability of what Ric Flair was ha- had at this point in his career. Yeah. No. That's yeah. So, that, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm probably. I'm probably being a little harsh, but. Well, no. I, I completely yeah. agree. You can't ignore that. Mm. You know. But that's again. That's. That's what I mean. I don't think you could have booked it any other way because it wouldn't have made any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm down with that. But I'll, I'll stick with me three because, like I say, for the for the reasons I've already given. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I can't remember how did we do last time. Did we sort of? So we did like an average of the five that we watched. Yeah. Watched. That's what I was. Yeah. So I'd say on average, you're probably, you know, it's probably about a three for the past five for the five, a three out of five. Yeah. For the three that for the for the three that we've just done, mathematics say two point six from me. So about it's about there or thereabouts then, aren't we? Well yeah, I Yeah, I just I think there's two really, really good matches that you should check out. And then agree. there are three matches one of which the this the the Sid match was good, but you know, and the Kane match was it was alright. You know, but I, I I wouldn't sit here and say you must go check those out. Do not watch the Bossman match because it's no. garbage. Yeah, it's a load Defin- of shit. 
if, if you're going to do anything, check out the Triple H. Check out this Triple H match because it's better than any of the other ones with Triple H. Check this one out. I'm, I'm sorry. They don't talk about yeah. it. They don't talk about it. And they should. It's a crying shame. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great match. 100%. Yeah. Out of the three Triple H matches that he has in, his, in the street, that is the best one. Easily. Yeah, definitely. I'll go with that. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's four matches, isn't it, now? We, but they don't talk about this one, so... Mm. So there you are. Yeah. There we go. The streak, six, three to ten. Yep. Next time, it's 11 to 15. Yes. <laughs> So, um, yeah. Right, you might as well give yourself some plugs, boys. Go on, Bunker, you go first, mate. Well, if you've enjoyed listening to my voice as much as I enjoy listening to my voice, (laughs) which is quite a lot, you can find me on the Gunpowder Treason No Plot podcast, a weekly D&D podcast where I play the Dragonborn Paladin Rogar. You can find them on all good podcast providers and you can follow them on Twitter at TreasonNo. And one day, if you fancy meeting me, I may be in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Estate in Preston, Lancashire, the UK. Europe for now. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, you can find me also on the RAD Live podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash UK RAD podcast. We are on at UK RAD podcast on Twitter. You can find us on all the good podcast catching sort of podcast sort of apps like Spreaker, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher and other places like that. And yeah, if you, you know. You're inclined in sort of like the, what's it, chaotic evil kind of way. You could also um, catch uh, my alter ego, Steve, at um, SteveGTNP, where, um, yeah, he, he doesn't really rate Rogar as a hero. He just, <laughs> he just, yeah, and, and yeah, just thinks he's a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a twat, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A twat and a really shiny hat. <laughs> and of course, you can find our main pod, the Lost Out Podcast, and all the podcast providers Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, the usual places. And there was a Lost Out of Wrestling, which we brought to you today on all the podcast providers. Also, find us on Facebook, Lost Out of Wrestling, at Twitter, on Twitter, at LAOW Podcast. And uh, you can email us at lostoutofwrestling at gmail.com. Yes. So, what Lost Out of Wrestling? I've been Coxie. I've been Billy the Boy Bunkle. And I've been the Flaming Grill. And this is the podcast we ask, Who better than Canyon?